0: The following message is brought to you by Capital City Baptist Church of Port Mosby. We exist to bring glory to God by knowing Christ and making Him known. If you would like to visit our church, we hold multiple services on Sunday mornings, starting at 9 a.m. We are located between Motokare Wharf and Edai Town. Pickups are available, 7009
1: 1000 The heart of any been through three different um what would you say brother phil not topics but they have been topics but having the heart of a child having the heart of a warrior that uh, last week that was tremendous on having the heart of a warrior and so today we're going to read from this here then we'll take our morning offering and then we will go to brother phil second corinthians chapter five i'm going to read from verse nine to the end of the chapter Paul writes, Wherefore we labor, that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that every one may receive the things done in his body, according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest in your consciences. For we commend not ourselves again unto you, Give you occasion to glory on our behalf, that you may have somewhat to answer them which glory in appearance and not in heart. For whether we be beside ourselves, it is to God, or whether we be sober, it is for your cause. For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then were all dead, and that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Thank the Lord for his word. And go
0: ahead and turn across to 1 Peter as well. As Papa John said, we're going to continue on with uh, the study that we've been doing for the last four or five weeks. This morning we're going to talk about being an ambassador or having the heart of an ambassador. So let's pray again. Let's commit this time uh, to God and let's bring our hearts to the point of where we are ready to receive what it is that He would have for us this morning. Gracious Heavenly Father, Father, my heart pleads with you this morning that as we talk about this topic, Father, that something would click in our brains something would switch in our minds and this concept would no longer be a concept, but it would be something that we would apply to our lives and we would live out. Because, Father, the fact that we are representatives of yours here on earth is so very important. So, Father, this morning I pray that you would give me words Don't reflect this man, but they represent you. And Father, as the thoughts come into my mind, they would be thoughts prompted by knowledge of you. And as we study your word today, we would realize that it is exactly that. This is the word from the King of Kings to us. So, Father, thank you again for this time. Thank you for your word. And thank you for your love and grace towards us. In your name, amen. You may have seen it in the news over the last two or three months. It started in about September. There's been a little bit of a political stoush, the international news. There's been a little bit of a political stoush between the president of France and the Prime Minister of Australia. How many of you saw that on the news? Yeah? A little bit of a stoush there. The Americans and the, and the British got dragged into it as well. And you may have seen that a couple of months ago, the President of France, Emmanuel Macron, recalled the French ambassadors to the United States and to Australia. He recalled them back to France. The reason he recalled them was over the handling of a submarine deal that had been struck between Australia, the United States, and the UK, and then gave it this crazy acronym called aukus Australia, UK, US. You see, France and Australia had been in contractual discussions over the purchase of some submarines, which Australia was going to use for their navy. And Australia had suddenly backed out. And they'd formed an alliance with the United States and UK, much to the dismay of the French. Outraged, angry beyond belief, and if you've watched the French president, he was pretty angry. France wanted to make a statement that the behavior of the three countries was, in their opinion, unacceptable. You can't just do that. And the strongest statement that they could make, aside from declaring war on Australia, the U.S., and U.K., was to withdraw their ambassadors. That was the strongest statement that they can make. The role of an ambassador is so important. The role of an ambassador is so high. So when Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 that we, as believers, are ambassadors for Christ, as believers, we should sit up and take notice. Because this position is... It is so important. This morning we're going to look at three aspects of what it means to be an ambassador. And then next week we're going to wrap up this topic and we're going to wrap up the series. We've been in 1 Peter for the past few weeks. Uh, As I said, keep a, a finger in 2 Corinthians. And let's have a look at 1 Peter chapter 2. And we'll start in verse 11 where we left off last week. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11. Dearly beloved. Remember who he's talking to. He's talking to fellow believers. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against your soul. So two weeks ago we talked about our status, our, our spiritual position as foreigners in this world... A position that we have as believers because we are now sons of God, we are now co-heirs with Christ, we are now children of the Heavenly Father, we are now citizens of God's kingdom. And last week we talked about the fact that even though we are foreigners, that there is an ongoing war inside our hearts and our minds, and that we as children of God must stand and fight cannot be passive, we must be deliberate in guarding our hearts and our minds. We learned that the war that we are engaged in is not of flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. The battle for your heart and your mind is real, and you must fight. You must stand up and fight. So you're a foreigner and you are a warrior. And we talked about the fact that you are a child of God. Now look at verse 12 with me. 1 Peter 2, verse 12. Having your conversation honest amongst the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. We've discussed this before, and certainly if you're one of our youth or one of our younger, young adults, the word in verse 12, conversation, it, it has such significance to us. It's not just the way that you talk, although as foreigners, we should have a different accent But it's not just talking about the way that you talk, it's talking about the manner in which you live, how you perform life. So let's put the last three lessons into perspective because there's not three or or four this morning separate topics, this is one topic that has many aspects. First, we talked about the fact that we are children of God, and as children of God, we are growing spiritually, and in order to do that, we must desire the sincere milk of the Word. But we can't stay as children only drinking milk. We must move on to the meat. If I'm going to mature, I've got to get past the basics, and I've got to move on to the meat. As we continue to draw wisdom and knowledge from the Word of God, we are strengthened. And even though we are foreigners, surrounded by temptation, by cultural issues, by all of these different things, we continue to draw on the Word of God to strengthen us and to give us the wisdom in how to fight those battles as a good soldier. As a child of God who is a foreigner must also realize that there is a military campaign for my heart and for my mind. There's a military campaign for your heart and for your mind as a believer. A good ambassador recognizes that he must continually grow spiritually. A good ambassador from Papua New Guinea being sent somewhere else, must know Papua New Guinea, mustn't he? Because if he gets to his other country and they go, oh, so tell us about Papua New Guinea, and he's like, Phew. look, it's an island just off the coast of Australia. It's got a bit of a point at the front of it. Half of the island belongs to someone else. I don't even know who it is. We've got people that live in the mountains. We've got people that live on the coast. What do you want me to say? Not a very good representative, is he? He needs to understand his country. He needs to be somebody that can correctly represent his country. If we're not in the word of God, if we're not growing in knowledge and in wisdom, how can I represent the king of kings? A good ambassador recognizes that he's a foreigner in that land, and he's representing his king he also recognizes that he must stand and fight against things that are against his king and against the values of his country. Now, look at me here. Look at me. I need you to understand this. I need you to realize this. You don't get a choice. As a believer, you don't get a choice. You were chosen for this position. The only question is, what sort of a representative are you? Do you understand what I'm saying? As a believer, you are a child of God. You represent, you reflect God here. But what type of representative are you? Think about it maybe in this perspective. Think about playing a sport for just a minute. And let's say that in that sport, I don't care what it is, it could be badminton, could be, I don't know, what other sports are there? I don't even know badminton. It could be any sport that comes into mind for you, and you're good at that sport. And now... You are playing that sport at such a level that you've been chosen to go to the Olympic Games. In a few years' time, we've got the Olympics in Brisbane, and you are on that team. You're representing Papua New Guinea as a player on that team. But you don't only represent PNG when you're on the field playing, do you? You represent PNG the entire time that you're in Brisbane. Whether that's back in the athlete's accommodation, whether that's out shopping, whatever it is that you do, you are still a Papua New Guinean. You are still in a foreign country. You are still representing your country, whether you're on the field or not. As a believer, you represent the King of Kings. As a believer, you represent the King of Kings. What kind of a representative are you? Let's look at some important aspects about being an ambassador. First thing that we need to realize is that we are chosen by the King of Kings to represent the King of Kings. When an ambassador is chosen, it's a, it's a relatively big deal. All right? An ambassador does, doesn't just get to choose to be the ambassador. If Papa John stood up today and went, whew, I'm feeling pretty American. I'm going to put on my American flag tie. I'm going to put on the best oversized jacket that I can find. I'm going to brush my hair back. I'm going to walk on over to the ambassador's residence down there in, in Where's the ambassador's residence? I don't even know. Where's the American ambassador's? Say the American ambassador's residence somewhere in Port Moresby. Knock on the door and go, "Hey, uh, look, you've done a great job, but I've decided that I am now the ambassador." I am sure that the ambassador would go, "Papa John, you are spot on. Come on in. You've got a great tie on. You can now be the ambassador." No, no, we don't. We don't get to make that choice. The ambassador is chosen by the king or queen, by the president, by the prime minister. And there's a lot of thought, there's a lot of intention that goes into it. They consider the qualification, they consider the attributes of that individual, they consider the qualities of that person before they make the decision that, hey, Papa John is going to move to Papua New Guinea and he's going to reflect, he's going to represent, he's going to stand up for our country's interests in PNG. It's not a small deal. The decision is not taken lightly. In Australia, we have the High Commissioner. Papua New Guinea, we're a commonwealth, so we have a high commissioner. And they are sent to represent the people of their country. They represent the government of their country. They represent the values of their country. They represent the ruler, whether that's a king or queen, whether that's a prime minister or a president, they represent the ruler of their country. For you as a believer, as a child of God, you've been chosen by God to represent not just the kingdom of heaven, but to represent the King of kings. That's you as a believer. Turn with me, 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, just a little bit further up from where we were a minute ago. Verses 9 and 10, But ye, that's you, believer, are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people. So what am I supposed to do with that? That you, believer, that you should show forth the praises of Him who hath called you out of darkness into His marvelous light, which in time past were not a people. That's you before, dead in your sins, were not a people, but now, the people of God. We talked about this, that we're foreigners here on earth, that we are sons of God, that we are God's children. We're citizens of the kingdom of heaven, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. As a believer, as one who has placed their faith in the finished work of Christ, you are chosen to represent God. Have a look at John 15, verse 16. It says, For you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go forth and bring, should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, and whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. You have been chosen. John 20, verse 21, and, he said, and, he, and said Jesus unto them, Peace be unto you, as my Father hath sent me. Even so send I you. But here's the problem. Here's the problem with us. We continue to see ourselves as failures. We continue to see ourselves as as faulty. We continue to see ourselves as falling short. We continue to see ourselves through the lens of sin. And while theoretically you know that you are a child of God, you know that you are a co heir with Christ. We continue to question how could God use me to represent Him when I look at myself and all I see is problems. While you see yourself through the lens of sin, God sees you through the bloodstained lens of Christ. That's how He sees you. As a believer, God sees you through the blood-stained lens of Christ. He sees you as righteous. He sees you as justified. And in the same way that Jesus glorified God on earth as a man, you and I are to glorify God as children of God on earth. Flick back over to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, where Papa John read from. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, let's look at verse 17. And we'll work our way down to verse 21 here. 2 Corinthians 17, verse 21. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, as a believer I am a child of God, I am in Christ. He is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given us the ministry of reconciliation. We've been given a task. We've been given a purpose. We've been given a mission. To wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. The gospel. Now then, verse 20, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. So God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God, for He hath made Him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. We view ourselves through the sin-tainted lens that's before us. God views us as righteous through Christ. You are an ambassador. And you can be an ambassador because you are a new creature. All things are passed away. All things are new. You are no longer a slave to sin. You have a new nature in Christ. And you are seen by God as righteous. And as righteous, we are to reflect We are to bring glory to Him. We are to be His representatives here. Have a look at Ephesians 2, verse 10. It says, For we are His what? Workmanship. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. We are His workmanship. Believers, stop viewing yourself as a product of your own making. You are His workmanship. You are accepted by God. We just sang about that. And you have been chosen to represent the King of Kings. 1 Peter 1, Flick back a page or two, and look at verses 13 and 16. 1 Peter 1, verses 13 and 16, Wherefore, Gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ, as obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts of your ignorance. So we're not fashioning ourselves as we did before we were saved. But he which hath called you is holy; so be ye holy in all manner. Of conversation. There's that word conversation again. In every aspect of how you live, be holy. If you're a teacher, be holy. If you are a bus driver, be holy in the way that you do that. If you are at university, be holy in the way that you do that. Doesn't matter what we do, how we live our lives, every aspect of our lives should reflect God. Because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. Ephesians 4, That ye put off. That ye put off concerning the former cons- conversation. So, I'm called to be holy. My conversation or my manner of living is to be holy. In order to do that, I need to put off that old conversation, that old manner of living. I need to stop dabbling in that. And I need to focus wholeheartedly on how God would have me live. Put off concerning the former conversation of the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitfulness of lust. Put off the old life, the old manner of living. You are called by God to live a life that represents your heavenly Father, that represents the King of Kings. Now, God didn't just call you without giving you access to himself. God didn't call you without giving you a way to communicate directly with him. When an ambassador is chosen to represent his or her country, they are afforded privileges that other people are not afforded. An ambassador needs to know what the intent of the king towards that foreign country is. What's, What's his intention? The ambassador needs to be able to inform the king when there's an issue developing in that foreign country. But just as importantly, the ambassador needs to be able to go to the king with what he needs to correctly perform his role as the ambassador. It's no good if we send an ambassador out, but we do not give him the tools to do his job properly. We do not support him in that role. In the same way that an ambassador has direct access to the king or the prime minister or the president that has sent them out, you have direct access as an ambassador for the king of kings to the king of kings. Philippians 4 verse 6 it says, be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God, unto the King of kings. The King of kings that you serve. Ephesians 2.18, for through Him we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. Your role as an ambassador isn't just left up to you to figure out. God has given you access to Himself. He's given you access to His Word so that you can perform that role to the greatest ability. I find myself, though, and I think that I can speak for for more than just me when I say this, that often instead of turning to God when I'm in need... Often instead of when I'm struggling, going to the king of kings, I attempt to sort it out myself. When I'm struggling with an issue, my natural response is just work harder. Can you imagine if the ambassador decided that instead of telling His king, the king who has sent him out to represent his country. Instead of telling the king that there's an issue that is creating conflict between the two countries, instead of telling him, he just said, look, I think I'm just going to sort this one out myself. I'm going to work my hardest just to do this. And all of a sudden, things go crazy between the two countries. Can you imagine the position that that would place the ambassador in? Can you imagine what the king would say to that ambassador? Our go-to in every situation should be to go to the king of kings. When there is a problem in my life, I need to go to the king of kings. When there is sin in my life that I am struggling with, and I know that I'm a soldier and I am meant to fight this, but, but God, I'm struggling with this, I need to go to God. I can't just hide it away and hope that I can deal with it. I need to go to God. But so often, that's not where my heart goes. Let me give you a rough example, and I'm not sure exactly how this will come across, so let me give it to you anyway. Many years ago, I was training in unarmed combat. And for the first few weeks of this training module, we drilled techniques over and over and over and over again. Our response to an attacker was to be driven by the techniques that we had drilled, not a a response that is based on raw muscle or raw power. Yeah? The response was meant to be something that was born out of that practice, that rehearsal, that continual drilling. The bigger guys, the more muscular guys in the class, tend to avoid the techniques and wanted to just muscle through the attack. You know what I'm talking about? As much as a much smaller fighter, I realized pretty quickly that I couldn't just muscle through the attack. And I had to pay attention to the technique. I had to drill those techniques. I had to practice those techniques because I didn't have the muscle mass that these bigger guys had. The raw strength wasn't gonna work. And the problem with just using muscle to get through the issue is that muscle breaks down, muscle tires, technique never tires. When it would come time for sparring or for matches, the individuals who knew the techniques won every time, no matter how much muscle was against them. And while I could apply that on the mat... When it comes to my spiritual life, I automatically resort back to just trying to muscle it. Trying to do it in self, because I want to save some face. Trying to to do it in my own wisdom, in my own power, with my own drive. Instead of falling at the feet of the Father and seeking grace in the situation. Our natural reaction, no matter how big or small the situation, should be to go back to the King of Kings. Not to try and muscle through it ourselves. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 15 and 16. It says, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Verse 16, let us as ambassadors, as children of God, as warriors fighting the good fight, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. As an ambassador of the King of Kings, how foolish is it that we would choose to deal with a matter that potentially has an impact on the kingdom without consulting the King of Kings? You see, like we said last week, a sin never happens in isolation, it always has a ripple effect, it always has an impact. When I choose to sin, it doesn't just impact me, it impacts you. So how foolish am I if I do not turn to the king of kings when there is an impact on his kingdom? We have direct access to the king of kings. How foolish are we when we don't use it? An ambassador of the king of kings... As an ambassador of the king, as king King, of kings, let us go boldly to the throne of grace. Have a look at Psalm 145, verse 18 with me. Here's the psalmist. He says, The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him. To all that call on him in truth. Our mindset is that, God, this is too big for me. How can I correctly represent you? But God says, Call on me. Call on me. Have a look at Psalm 17, verse 6 through 9. I have called upon thee, for thou wilt hear me, O God. Incline thine ear unto me and hear my speech. Show me thy marvelous loving kindness, O that savest by thy right hand, them which put their trust in thee from those that rise up against them. Keep me as an apple of thine eye. Hide me under the shadow of thy wings from the wicked that oppress me, from the deadly enemies who encompass about me. It doesn't matter what the situation is. As an ambassador, I must go back to the King of Kings. As ambassadors, you have direct access to the King of Kings. Not only have you been called to represent the King of Kings, and not only have you been given direct access to the King of Kings, but you have been given a purpose by the King of Kings. When a country sends out an ambassador, they do so with purpose. There's intention behind it. The ambassador's role is to represent the king. His role is to represent the people of his country. His role is to protect the interests of his country. As believers, you have a purpose given to you by the king of kings. Have a look at 1 Peter 2, verse 12. This is where we started this morning. 1 Peter 2, verse 12. Having your conversation honest ...amongst the Gentiles. Your conversation, your manner of living... ...honest amongst the unsaved. That whereas they speak against you as evildoers... ...they may by your good works... ...which they shall behold... ...glorify God in the day of visitation... Our purpose is to draw the eyes of the unsaved to God. Not to ourselves. An ambassador's job is not to go, hey, look at me. Look at me. Everybody, hey, hey, look at me. No, no, no. The ambassador's job is to draw the eyes of the people in the country that he is in to the nation that he is from. Our job is is to draw the eyes of the unsaved to God. Notice what he says at the end of verse uh, verse 12 there. He says, They, so the unsaved, may by your, what? Good works. Your manner of living, which they shall behold. Now that should terrify us. That should terrify us. Remember what I said in the beginning. You are a representative of, The question is, what kind of representative are you? The world sees how you live. Your family sees how you live, how you speak to one another, what you do on a daily basis. Your life is being watched. It's being observed. It's being pulled apart. It's being critiqued. Who do you represent when the world looks at your life? Because how we live should cause them to come to a point where they can glorify God. How I live my life should cause those that are not saved to come to a point where they can glorify God. Now, how do we do that? Can an unsaved person glorify God? No. Because there's nothing that an unsaved person can do that isn't tainted by sin. So an unsaved person cannot glorify God. If my purpose as an ambassador is to live in a manner that causes people to see Christ, to see the Father, to glorify God and they cannot do that in their sin and in their unbelief, then my purpose is what? Have a look at Mark 16, verse 15. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. He said, and he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. If the world cannot glorify God in their unbelief, then there is action that we have to take. We've been given a purpose by God to take the message of the gospel to the unbelieving. We are to live our lives in such a way that when people view us, when they hear us talk, they go, something different there. Levi and I go to the gym pretty much every morning. And one thing that we're not shy about is talking about what God's doing in our lives. And while we, in the hour that we are there exercising, we probably only achieve probably, what, 30 minutes of actual exercise because we spend a lot of time uh, cooling down or resting or whatever it is. But during that time, we're continually talking about the gospel. This week... Another guy from in the gym sent me a text message, and he said, "Hey, can we get together uh, for a meeting?" And I thought to myself, oh, it's just a business thing. He's in a business. I'm in a business. We had talked about business stuff. That's what he wants to talk about." So we went. We caught up for breakfast, and, and we sit down, and we're talking for a little while, and I we're not going anywhere towards. Business. He sort of asked me about my life and what I do, and he shared a little bit about his life and what he does. And then he gets to the point, and I'm like, hey, why are we here? You could have had breakfast at home. I could have had, I don't even eat breakfast, but I, but I could have not eaten breakfast at home. Why are we here? And he goes, I noticed that you and Levi are always talking about the Bible and about church and about what God's doing in your life and I want you to hold me accountable. And I'm sitting in the chair, and I'm going, this isn't at all what I had thought. This is in the direction that I thought this was going in. Uh, uh, And now, all of a sudden, I'm placed in this position where my ambassadorship is being put on display. As believers... We should live lives that draw people to the cross. No matter where you are, whether you are in the gym, whether you're driving the water truck, no matter where you are. John 15 verse 16 says, You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit bring forth fruit that is your purpose as an ambassador for Jesus Christ as an ambassador for the king of kings as an ambassador here on earth your job is to bring forth fruit your job is to draw man's attention to the king of kings Your purpose in this world is not simply to move through this world like a backpacker. How many of you understand what I mean by a backpacker? Not just someone that wears a backpack. Those guys are backpackers. I wear a backpack every now and then. But a backpacker, if you go to Australia, uh, particularly in Europe, there will be usually young men or young ladies that are either just out of high school and between high school and university or or they've just finished university and they're not sure what to do with themselves and they decide hey i'm gonna take a world trip i'm gonna fly to another country i'm just gonna live out of my backpack my whole purpose is just to go and see the highlights of this other country I'm not going to really engage with society. I don't want to go and get a tax file number. I don't want to do any of that stuff. I just want to see the highlights. I want to see the wonders. You are not here as a backpacker. You're not here as a tourist. You are not here as a spectator watching the team on the field at the Olympics. You are on the playing field. You're an ambassador. You were chosen to represent God. Sometimes I feel. How many of you have ever played Freeze Tag? Anybody? Freeze tag? Yeah? Just the Americans and my children. Okay. So I'm gonna educate you in this game. I don't play it because I'll probably hurt myself. Freeze tag, how many of you played tag? What do you call tag here? Tip? Will you run around, touch the other person? Yeah? We'll call it freeze tip, right? So let's just say, Dr. Bevan here and I are running around. If I tip him, what does he do? He has to freeze. And he just stays like that until somebody else running around tips him and he can run again. Yeah? Everybody get the concept? Our lives as Christians so often end up like that. We get saved, and then after we're saved, there's this moment of excitement and exhilaration. I'm in the game. And then all of a sudden, we freeze up. And until somebody comes along and impacts our lives, we're frozen up. Satan's goal for each of you is that you would freeze up, and that each other, we would not impact and unfreeze each other. You are not here as a spectator. You are not here frozen. You are not here as a tourist. You are here as an ambassador for the King of Kings. Sometimes we treat our salvation like that. I hope I can just get through this life without ruffling too much feathers that causing too much conflict in my family, in my community, but that's not how you're meant to be. God has given you a purpose, a mission, a task. You are to represent him in every aspect and in every manner of your life, and your life should draw other people to God end of story our lives should draw other people to god have a look at second corinthians 5:14 through 15 again with me and we'll close after this for the love of christ constraineth us because we thus judge that if one died for all then we're all dead And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. You are a child of God. You are a foreigner and a citizen of heaven. You are a soldier, and in order to best represent the King of kings, you must stand and fight. You cannot do that when you live for yourself. You are an ambassador for the ruler of the universe, for the king of kings, for the one true God. The only question, the only question, what kind of ambassador are you? What kind of ambassador are you? Let's close in prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, you tell us in Second Peter that you have blessed us with all spiritual blessings. Father, you give us everything that we need to perform the role that you've given us. And yet, Father, so often we fail to recognize that. We fail to grab hold of the truth of that. And Father, we fall back, we step back, we choose to go back to our former life. So Father, this morning, I pray that You would strengthen that desire in us to better reflect You, to better represent You. And that as children of God, as ambassadors Father people would look at our lives whether it's in our home, whether it's in our village, in our community whether it's at our workplace Father people would look at our lives and they would be drawn to you Father this is a huge responsibility and Father I pray that we would take it more seriously you are good And we do not deserve your grace or your mercy. But Father, you continue to pour that out on.